uh, pray for our churches that are having their services perhaps now and gathering or in a few. Let's pray for them. Father in heaven, we thank you for your church. We thank you that it is the vehicle, the primary vehicle for change, growth, and making disciples in the world. Thank you for parachurches and supplements to that, like this camp that we can go to uh, to take back to our churches to uh, further your gospel there. So we pray for our pastors that are speaking this morning from your word. Bless them in the power of your Holy Spirit, even in the cold, the people maybe not even coming, or if they're doing something else. I pray you bless them, that you would work. I pray for the Sunday school teachers that are training up children. I pray for the youth workers that are training up kids. I pray that anyone who's thinking about, maybe I don't go to church today because it's cold, and they're thinking about the things of God, that you would get them out of bed and they would go and they'd hear your truth explained and proclaimed. I pray for the partnering churches that are here in this room, the ones that are represented back home, and I also pray just for any church in the state of Iowa that is preaching the gospel, that you would bless them today and ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. So good to see you this morning. It's been a joy to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. You guys have been great. You guys have been receptive, and you guys have been so welcoming to me, and I'm grateful for that, and it's been great to get to know many of you better and meet many of you for the very first time. So as we wrap up together, let's go back to where we've been in the book of Philippians. Go ahead and turn with me to Philippians. We're going to go back to chapter 1 this morning as we close things out. And I want to make a correction this morning. Oftentimes pastors make mistakes. In fact, every day we make mistakes. And I was waking up this morning and thinking about the premise of this weekend. The most important thing in my life is my relationship with Christ. And I was thinking, that's actually not true. It's true to an extent, but it's not fully true because I was thinking of the words of Paul when he's writing in Colossians and he says this he says when Christ who is your life shall appear then you will appear with him in glory so Christ is not just the most important thing of many things in your life Christ if you are in him is your life and everything falls into place within that so if that is true then let's talk about what our goal is when we go home from here today so Philippians chapter 1 And I'm going to read verse 20. This is how the word of God uh, speaks to us this morning. Paul, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says this in Philippians 1, verse 20. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored. Say honored. Honored in my body, whether by life or by death. I remember being in seventh grade science class and our science teacher was telling us to take our eyedroppers and go dip them in this substance and then bring that substance and put it on a slide that we would then put under a microscope. And I remember looking at this substance on the slide, not knowing exactly what it was. It just looked like water to me and it didn't look like anything was happening. I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting. This is kind of boring, perhaps a little bit. But then I took my lab partner and I, and we stuck it underneath the microscope and we focused it and zoomed in. And much to my surprise, as I closed that one eye and looked in with the other, there was a whole bunch of stuff happening on that slide that I couldn't see. 
all kinds of stuff. And to this day, I don't even know what it was, but it was moving everywhere. All kinds of activity was happening. Paul has been writing this letter to the Philippians under house arrest. He isn't sure if he's going to live or if he's going to die. He ends up living longer, and he does other things, but he says, regardless of whether I live or whether I die, my goal is going to be the same. And it's found in verse 20 that I just read. He says that Christ would be exalted in my body. The word he's using there is megaluno. That is to be, that's where we get the word huge, massive, Big. So what Paul is saying is my goal, whether I live or whether I die, is to magnify Christ with my life. And so what, what we can simply say then this morning, what is our goal, is to make Christ large in your life and to the people around you in every situation, that Jesus would be big. And that your life would be the microscope that people look through to see the glory of Christ. So if Paul gives us his premise or his goal in verse 20, verses 20 through 21 through 26, he tells us a little bit of the how. How do I actually make Christ large in my life? And if we're going to go from here, which I believe you're going to go from here, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're committed to the things that we've done, you're going to have victory. Oh, it's not going to be a perfect victory, but you're going to go from here, and that's what's going to happen because you are equipped with the word of God and community of believers, and if you know the Christ, you have the power of his Holy Spirit, this God living inside of you, giving you everything that you need for life and godliness. So let's talk a little bit about what that looks like when you go from here. Look at verse 21. You probably have this one memorized. It's a, it's a famous verse, and rightfully so. Paul says in verse 21, for me to live is Christ. We'll stop right there for a moment. For me to live is Christ. Paul says, that's why I live. Jesus is the center. Like the center of my body is the heart, so is Christ. So here's what I want you to know this morning. If you're going to make Christ big in your life, if you're going to magnify him, you need to live with Jesus at the center of your life. That's number one. You don't have any blanks to fill in this morning, but you can write that down. Number one, if I'm going to make Christ big in my life, he needs to be the center of my life. Any of you enjoy writing term papers? Of course you don't, because they're terrible, right? academic writing is like one of the worst things in the world, but you have to do it. That's why in high school you learn how to do it because when you go to college, you have to do it. If you decide to go pursue beyond college, you have to do it. What's the main thing, the main claim call that you make at the beginning of your paper? What is it? Oh, thesis, right? It's your thesis statement. You're telling your teacher from the beginning and all who will read it because everybody wants to read your term papers because I'm sure they're very interesting, right? So you are to tell everyone from the beginning, my thesis, this is what my paper is all about. This is my main objective, my main claim. I'm telling you that at the beginning and then everything else that I write in this paper is holding up that thesis, coming back to it and telling you why I believe that thesis to be true. So when you think about your life, you have to ask yourself the question, what is the thesis of my life? What is it all about? 
And everything else that is written about me and I write in my life should be upholding that, that Christ is the center of my life. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. If you were to narrow that down this morning and write that sentence out and leave a little blank, how would you fill that in? For me to live is a relationship. For me to live is a sport. For me to live is grades. For me to live is Fortnite. For me to live is whatever. You fill in the blank there. I don't think you need to evaluate that today. In the honesty of my own heart, what is the thesis? Where would I fill in that blank? For me to live is what? Paul had big plans. Plans to reach the world. His plans were not to be under house arrest. But he says this, no matter what situation I'm in, I ask myself, how can I make Christ the biggest in this situation? I know what I'll do. I'm under house arrest, so I'm going to, I'm going to preach the gospel to all the Roman guard. And they're going to come to know Jesus. I'm going to write letters and use my time well while I'm here. I'm going to write Philippians, Colossians. I'm going to write to Philemon. I'm going to use my time well in every situation to make Christ big. In every part of my life. I've got to be honest with you, oftentimes I'm a selfish person. Are any other selfish people out there? Not you, just mostly me. Thank you for some of you that are like me, but most of you aren't. But I am. I am very selfish, and oftentimes I can think, well, I love, of course, Christ exists to make all my dreams come true. Everything that I want to do for him. Right? We can easily do that, and it sounds really nice. I have all these big dreams, and Christ is the vehicle to get me there. That's the wrong way of thinking. It's what is God's plan for my life and how can I leverage my life to make him large? Well, if you want to know, if you're a selfish person like me, how do you change to make Christ the center of your life and not yourself? The primary vehicle that I'll say to us now is God's written word, the Bible. Because here's what the Bible does. It makes Jesus big and makes you really small. Jesus, big, you, really small. That's the goal of the Bible, to diminish you and your existence, not to say that you aren't wonderful, made in the image of God, but to show you how great God is. So if you want to live this way, you get into the word of God, he gives you a big picture of himself, and you experience life the way it was meant to be, with Christ at the center. Now, can you actually make God bigger? The answer is no. God is the sum of all qualities. He's everything. You can't make him grow. But can he be bigger in your life by experience? Yes. Can you experience him in a larger way? Can you make him appear bigger to others by your life? Yes. So I read a book one time called The Great Bridge. And it was about the Brooklyn Bridge. And it was 900 pages long. That sounds exciting to some of you, doesn't it? I'd love to link it to you. If you want to follow me, I can put the link out there. If you want to read about it, I'm sure many of you, after just hearing the description of that, are like, yes, give me that book, right? Probably not. But I, I read that book, and I read about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. I read about the design of it. I read about the cables that they used. I had like this obsession about the Brooklyn Bridge. And my daughter and I, we took a trip together to New York City. And we walked the Brooklyn Bridge. 
And my daughter had a level of enjoyment of walking the Brooklyn Bridge. She thought it was great. But my level of enjoyment was so much greater than hers because of the experience and the knowledge that I had about it. So she's walking across it thinking, hey, this is pretty cool. This is fun, Dad. Thanks for doing this. And I'm walking like, what? I read about that cable right there. I know, like, what's going on right now? Like, what's, what, and uh, did you know that they had to, like, build a casing that, that would go under the water and, like, people were dying when this thing was built and the train went across here? And she's like, Dad, that's really cool. No, she didn't think that at all. I was like, Dad, let's just get to the other side and get some ice cream, right? But I was, like, enjoying the moment. The level of experience was so much bigger for me. And you see that. You see people in the Christian life that are just enjoying Christ, experiencing how big he is. Because they have seen how big he is in his word. They've loved him and experienced him. And they know a knowledge of him that increases their level of enjoyment in him. So if you want to increase your enjoyment in life, your joy, that's what this letter, the theme of the Philippians is joy. Make Christ bigger in your life. Start living with him at the center. So you can experience what Lucy said to Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia. Aslan, you've got bigger. He says, I haven't got bigger. I just appear bigger to you. And every year that you see me, I'll be bigger. And you can experience that kind of enjoyment in Christ. Look at verse 21. We'll read it again. We'll read the whole thing. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is far better. Everybody say better better everybody that was, that was all i didn't say it very well either so you just matched my level of excitement there but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account so if you want to make christ large first you make him the center of your like second you you die with anticipation that's the second one dying with anticipation paul is saying here that death is the best you're like, what is this, a senior citizen's retreat? I'm not thinking about death right now, right? Talking about me like moving to the villages in Florida. No, I'm not, that's not what I'm encouraging you to do. What, what are we saying here? Paul isn't actually looking forward to the act of death. He's not looking forward to being beheaded, but he is looking forward to the result of his departure, the result of his death, of being with Jesus For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm not losing something. I'm gaining something that is far better. As we've been talking throughout this weekend together that your relationship with Christ is already, but not yet. You already possess eternal life. You already have your sins forgiven. And one day your salvation will be complete and you will just simply be yet. Yeah, I think in eternity you're gonna still grow in your relationship with Christ. I believe that you're going to still grow in your knowledge of Christ in eternity. But your struggle with sin will be done. And so often I think we think, man, my pain's going to be gone. Uh, I'm going to see a bunch of people in heaven. But one of the things that I look forward to is that I'll no longer struggle with sin. 
It's going to be complete. It's going to be done as God transforms my glorious body and I get to see the Savior that I have strived to magnify with my life here on earth to say now I can do that perfectly unhindered by sin. So Paul, catch this, look what he's saying here. He is saying that uh, this is my joy, that to die is a really good thing. I'm looking forward to it. I'm anticipating it. Can you die with confidence? I know you need to think about that. You need to contemplate that. Do you have confidence in death that you will see Jesus one day? Have you placed your trust in Jesus? Do you have a confidence that comes in death that you will be with your Savior? We've talked about it a lot this weekend. Your pastors that are here, your leaders that are here, talk about it all the time, about grace is what saves through faith. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? That's where it begins, this experience of making Christ large. And thirdly, if you want to make Christ large, you're going to live for the benefit of others. You're going to live for the benefit of others. You're going to look, here's what you can write down. Living so others will see how large he is. Living so others will see how big Jesus really is. Paul says, listen, I love you guys so much, but I'd rather be with Jesus. You guys are awesome, but I'd rather leave you and go be with Christ. But since I'm not going, to live here is for my intention is to help you grow, to see your progress in the faith. If I'm not going anywhere, then I'm going to stay here for your benefit This is a letter about joy. What does Paul not say here? He doesn't say, because I'm not dying yet, I'm going to live it up, man. I'm going to see the world and do whatever I want to do. I got a second chance in life. That's what I'm going to do with it is do whatever sounds good to Paul, baby. See you later. No, he says, I'm going to remain with you. And I'm going to stay here because my goal is to help you know Christ and to grow in him. And he says, and that's really where ultimate joy comes from. It's not getting all those other things. It's helping others know Christ and to grow up in him. I remember being on the playground as a kid and there was a guy named Tyler on the playground and he had taken from the science classroom the biggest magnifying glass I had ever seen. You know what I'm talking about? Like those really, really thick ones. Not like the ones you buy at the Dollar Tree that your parents used to read their bills, right? No, this is like the big, huge magnifying glass. And he gets right underneath the sun and gets a pile of leaves. And we're all gathered around and we're watching him. It's like, what what is he going to do? I'm like in third grade and I had never seen anything like this before. And Tyler's like, just watch. Okay. He gets down there. And he gets this pile of leaves, and he lines this magnifying glass right up with the sun. And 10 seconds later, we see the leaves, they start smoldering. And we're like, oh, Tyler, you're a genius. And we, I'd never seen anything like this before. And it was like, you're, you're burning leaves with the sun. And he's like, yes, we are. Of course, the teacher found out and ruined the whole thing and took the magnifying glass, but that's a whole other story. And I went out to the Dollar Tree and tried to do the same thing with the Dollar Tree one, and it did not work. So here's the point. The sun was always there, wasn't it? And we could feel the heat of the sun, 
But Tyler helped us to see the absolute power of the sun through the tool that he was using. He magnified the power of the sun and we saw it and we were mesmerized by it. This is to be your life, the magnifying glass. That others see your life and what God is doing and they look at it and they can feel the heat of who Christ is. They see you living your life for the sake of Christ. And they're like, man, I've never seen anyone like this before. You don't really care about all the stuff that is most important to everyone else. You want to make Jesus the most important thing in your life. And this is different. I want that. And when people see that, then you can say, yes, let me tell you about the message of Christ in all of who he is. Your life is to be the magnifying glass so that others see the God who is there, that they're blinded by their sin to not be able to see, to say, look deeper, look closer into what life is all about. There is a God who loves you, who has entered our time and space, not to leave you how you are, but to save you, to bring you into a new life. And making him the center of your life is the way you were designed to live. That's the opportunity, the message that we have to share the good news, the hope of the gospel. Let me tell you this. Magnifying Christ is the fruit, not the root. Let me explain that. If you go home and you say, I'm going to magnify Christ. I'm going to magnify Christ. That's what I'm going to do with my life. That's what I'm going to do with my life. My goal is to magnify Christ. My goal is to magnify Christ, right? Uh, It's probably not going to happen. It might happen for a short period of time. But magnifying Christ is the fruit, not the root. That's not where you start. You start with the root of falling in deep love with who God is. And as he comes in, as you pursue him personally, as you pursue him together, he starts to change you. He starts to overwhelm you and give you new desires And if that is happening, then naturally your desire is to want to be to live for him. Your desire is to want to share about him. So you're not going to be a great witness for Christ and a great magnifier and showing how big Christ is unless he begins by being big in your life right now. It will be short-lived, but long-term, lasting joy, long-term, lasting witness for Christ will begin by short-term Everyday decisions for Christ personally in your own life that will turn into habits that will expand your heart for Christ and then expand your heart for other people. And of course, this is not made to be done alone. That's why the psalmist says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I'm so excited for you. I'm thrilled for you. I believe this generation, these people that are sitting right here before me, God has such big plans for. You're gonna be the ones that come up into the church right now that disciple the next generation. You're gonna be the ones that send out missionaries that will be you, that plant churches, that give their lives for the sake of Christ. When us who are older and are gone, you're gonna keep it going. Right now it begins, okay? Right now. 
You can pursue maturity right now. Grow up in Christ. Every day take steps to be like him. I'm so thrilled for you. And I believe that you all right here in front of me are going to be the magnifying glass that the world sees Christ through. Father in heaven, I pray that that would be true. I pray that in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would send these people out back to their churches where they were discipled, where they grow, that these churches love them and care for them. I pray, God, that they would see the beauty of Christ personally in their own lives, that you would be magnified as they read your word and they see how big and how vast and how great the height and the depth and the, of your love, and they're overwhelmed personally by it, and they see how insignificant their own dreams are, their own goals are, and that they were made to worship you as they read your word and as they live in the community of the church. And as a result of that, because their hearts have been expanded by you and their experience with you, that they would live as witnesses for you, that they would be bold, sharing their faith, talking about the gospel, sharing it and being the magnifying glass that the world sees you through. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.